0: Hello and welcome to The Gathering Church at Home. My name is John Mark Redwine. I'm the lead pastor and I'm so honored to have you worshiping with us here today. These are such strange times and we long so so deeply to be gathered together in person again. But here's what I know, that the same Holy Spirit that is in me is in you and that that Spirit isn't just present when we're in auditoriums and when we're gathered together in large groups, but that He is just as powerful and active in this place as He is in that place. And so I, I want you to know that I- I'm so um, excited to be united in the Spirit with you today, worshiping with you today. And so uh, thank you so much for being with us. If you're joining us and you're new I just want to say welcome. We're so honored that you're here. We're we're glad that you came by. Say hi down in the comments. Interact a little bit. Let somebody know you're here. Let them know where you're from. Let them know that you're new. Uh, we would love it if you would fill out a Connect card and just tell us who you are. We promise not to spam your inbox. We just want to be able to, to say, hey, thanks for being with us and, and for worshiping with us. This church is a family of the best kind. And so you are in the right place. Before I get into it, I just want to give one quick announcement to you today. One more thing to share with you, and that is life group leader signups are here. We are preparing to kick off our summer life groups, and we are so excited to do that. Now, we know that there is just a lot that we don't know about the coming months and what this summer is gonna be like, when restrictions are gonna be lifted, when things are gonna to start to hit a new kind of phase in this coronavirus uh, saga that we've been in. And so here's what we're doing for our life group leader signups. We are definitely gonna have Zoom life groups over the summer. Now, our hope is that as some restrictions lift, uh, that we'll be able to also have life groups that meet together in person. For those life groups, this summer, we're going to do what we call family dinners. And family dinners are just that. They're people gathered around a dinner table who go from being strangers to being like family over the course of a few weeks. I know that we're all starved for human interaction and for relationship. And, and so I, I just want us to have an outlet to do that. And we believe that when we do those things, then Jesus is at that conversation and in the center of it, that it not only helps us uh come together relationally, but it also lifts us spiritually. And so if you'd like to be a life group leader, uh, you go fill out that that sign-up sheet on our website. Go to gatherashville.org and fill out a sign-up sheet. And on that sheet, let us know if you would be willing to shift your group from a Zoom group to an in-person group. You can lead either. You can say, I only want to lead a Zoom group this summer because my house is a mess and I don't feel like cleaning it. I don't know if I remember how. Maybe you say, I want to lead a Zoom group because I've lost all my regular pants. All I got left is sweatpants. Or maybe you're like, please bring somebody over to my home. I need a human person that is not my child, that is not my spouse, and that is not my roommate that I can say hi to. And if that's you, then let us know that you're willing to shift to a family dinner. We're so excited to kick off a new season of Q- community, and and hopefully these Zoom groups will make it possible for some of you who've been joining us from out of town, different places, to engage in this community that way as well. Well, today we are wrapping up a series called Reboot Church. Reboot Church. Uh, In this season of rebooting that we've been in, we think it's a good time to reboot some of the core ideas you might have about church. In fact, I know that many of you are joining us today and that are new, that have never been to the gathering church in person, that have never actually walked through our doors and and maybe there's reason for that. Maybe maybe it's not just because you hadn't heard of us before. Maybe it's because it's a lot easier to click on a church service and attend one from your home in the safety of your home than it is to walk through the doors of a church. Maybe there's a lot of feelings you have about what it's like to be in a church or or what church is or could be and and, uh, and so it's easier for you to attend here than there. Well, we, we built this series with you in mind. We want to take this season of reconstructing and, and rebooting everything to re- reconstruct our idea of what church is. And if you're a part of this family already and you know who we are, we thought this series would serve as a strong reminder to who The Gathering Church is. And so we've been talking over different parts about uh, what the church is and, and what it means. But what I want to talk about today is the church itself, the church. The church doesn't change. You know, the delivery might change, the model might change, but what the church is has not changed in thousands of years. And so today I want to talk about the church. On March 13th, we started making decisions. The virus was spreading, panic was setting in, people in our state started getting sick and we we didn't really know what the future held or, or what was coming. All we knew was on a Friday we decided it was probably not wise for us to gather together on Sunday. And so we, we put the broadcast out there, services are canceled, it's canceled. We're not doing this, we're not meeting. We had no idea that when we decided to cancel services, that that would be our reality for the next two to three months. And And I remember, just how my social media feed started to fill up with all these announcements from other churches. We're canceling services. Services are canceled. And at some point in my head, I started to twist those announcements. And instead of reading services are canceled, I just kept seeing churches canceled, churches canceled, churches canceled. And that, that sentence got down into my spirit. I, I, I want to be honest with you today and tell you that that, that affected me on a deep level that for a few weeks, the first few weeks of this crisis, I kind of floated around wondering, what is a pastor supposed to do when church is canceled? What is a, what is a pastor's role in his community when he's not allowed to go into his community? How, how am I supposed to care for people when I can't get near people? I've felt down and I've felt hopeless and, and I've wondered, what the future would hold for me and for this church that I love so deeply. What does it mean when church is canceled? And then one morning recently I was in prayer and I was reading Scripture and God put in my mind this passage, and it's a passage that a lot of pastors have been teaching on or, or claiming and talking about during this season, but if I'm honest, it just wasn't a promise I was ready to claim yet. And so uh, let me share this with you today, and I want to talk about this for a little bit. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is sitting down with His disciples, and He asks them, Who do people say I am? And they give all kinds of different answers. They say, well, people think you're a prophet, that you're a pretty good prophet or a new prophet we've been waiting for. People think you're Elijah. Come back to, to, to teach us something. People think you're John the Baptist. You changed your name. And people have a lot of different ideas. And Jesus looks at his disciples, these 12 people who've been with him, who've been learning from him, who he's been teaching, who he's been sharing with, who've seen so many different things. And he says, who do you say I am? And his disciples they, they give some of the same answers. And finally, Peter jumps up and says, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. You are the Messiah. You are the one we have waited for. Come to rescue us. And Jesus, I, I, I wasn't there. I, I don't know. But I just imagine his face lights up with his great big smile. And he says this in verse 17. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter which which means rock you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it Jesus is doing two things here First, he's prophesying over Peter's life. Peter was going to play a key role in building the early church. And Jesus could see that in Peter, even though Peter couldn't see it in himself. Did you know that he sees dreams for you, plans for you, before you can see them in yourself? That he's ready to call things out of you that you didn't even know were in you? He does it in Peter in this moment, but he's, he's prophesying that over Peter's future. But he is also saying that on that statement, and on that idea, and on that belief, he was going to build the church, that the church was going to be built on the idea that Jesus is the Messiah, the chosen one, the one sent to save us and to rescue us, and that he is the Son of God. It was the gospel news of Jesus that built the church. Wow. And the gates of hell could not overcome it. But wait, the whole world is on quarantine we're all locked down. The churches are closed. So, so what does that mean? Was Jesus wrong? D- did he mean I will build my online church and hell won't overcome it? <laughs> did he mean I'm going to build my Zoom groups and the gates of hell will not overcome it? What did he mean? What does it mean when, when churches is all shut down and Jesus says hell can't overcome it? You see, Jesus didn't walk Peter to a big cathedral. And point at it and say on that rock I will build my church. Jesus didn't go stand in front of a huge crowd and, and look at them and say on this rock I will build my church. It wasn't about any of that. No, I think a problem is that when we say church, most of us think a building or, or just an organization. We think about a sanctuary and a steeple. We think about a physical space. But the church is not a building. Church was never a building. Church is about the life changing message of the gospel that was true the moment that Peter declared it, and it is true today. Church is about meeting not just physical needs, but spiritual needs. Church is about finding freedom. Church is about discovering your purpose. Church exists to make a difference in the lives of any person who has ears to hear. Church is a people. It's a mission. It's a belief. It's time to reboot this idea today. At the gathering, we don't go to church. We are the church. And at the gathering, we believe that it's not a building or an organization or a specific time that we meet and gather, that none of those things are what makes the church. That the church is and always has been and always will be about the gospel message of Jesus Christ and getting that message out into as many hearts and in as many homes as we possibly can. That's what the church is. Interesting fact about this passage. Jesus says, on this rock I will build my, and then Matthew records the word ecclesia. Ecclesia does not mean church. Church was a word made up many, many centuries later to, to talk about the way, what church had become. In fact, the word ecclesia just very simply could be translated to gathering. So why we named this church, The Gathering Church. We named it The Gathering Church because we never believed it was gonna be about a building. We never believed it was gonna be about one specific model or way of doing things. We know things have changed so desperately. We know that they've changed and that you miss the way that it was. I miss the way that it was. But church has not changed. We are still the gathering church. We are gathering right now and we still have a job to do. And the job hasn't changed and the mission hasn't changed. The format may have changed, but who we are never could, never will. Jesus says, I'm building it. I'm building my gathering. I'm bringing my people together. I'm building it on this gospel message and the gates of hell cannot overcome it. He knew He knew what we would face in this season and in every season before it and in every season after it. And he said, my church will persist. And the church has to persist because our world needs it now more than ever. Right now is not a season of dormancy for the church. It's not a season where church is canceled and people just aren't going to church. In fact, the opposite is true. People are searching for answers now more than ever. They're searching to fill the gaps in their hearts now, more than ever, they're searching in churches. In fact, we know that, that, that at our church, we've had more than five times the normal amount of people every Sunday. That we're seeing people from start to finish watch services fivefold what would be attending our normal church services. And that is happening in churches all over the world. More people than ever are getting exposed to the gospel message of Jesus and the people need it, and they need it because they're not only looking for answers in the church, they're looking other places. I read that last month, in the last 30 days, alcohol sales had increased 243%. See, people are still searching in, in, in to fill the gaps in their heart with substances by numbing the pain by trying to forget the pain. I read that in one week, Tinder reported three billion swipes. People are looking to fill their relational needs and and their needs just to feel valued and wanted in empty sexual relationships more than ever before. Most of the pornography websites out there are offering free memberships, and people have been signing up by the. Millions. You see, people are looking in all the wrong places to fill these voids that they're feeling, to answer the questions that they're asking. And so that's why it's so important for the church to be the voice that is louder than all the others. Now, more than ever, people need the church and they need us to be the church. Now is not the time to just relax and wait for this to pass. It's not the time to just patiently wait for church to reopen. No, we are the church. It's not just me up here preaching. It's not just the band making music. You see, we are the church and the people need the church now more than ever. It is time to be the church. You were made to be the church. Now is the time. Let me give you just a couple of quick ways very practically that you can do that be the church be the church to your neighbors to your neighbors i've noticed something lately i've lived in my neighborhood since last june but i only really knew a few of the names of my neighbors and uh, i didn't know much about them other than their names you know we were kind of the hi hey how you doing weather's good today yep it's been pretty great when's the trash guy coming I hadn't seen him in a while and that was like the whole conversation but things have shifted And they've changed because I'm home all the time. And I've been talking to people and and I've been getting to know them. And over the last six weeks or seven weeks or however long time means nothing anymore, we've made some real friends in our neighborhood. And we've seen neighbors out that we had never met before. And we're all spending time together at a proper social distance because we're all so starved for human interaction. And I don't think this is only happening in my neighborhood. I think it's also happening in yours. I think people are more open now than they ever have been to a conversation. I think people are more open now than ever before to a deeper conversation, to a real conversation. Just a couple weeks ago, I put a fire pit on the property line between my yard and my neighbor's yard. And, and we sat in chairs in our yard and they sat in chairs in their yard around this fire pit. And we just talked and got to know each other in a deeper Way. I wonder what opportunities you're finding in this season. I wonder what uh, opportunities are, are coming about with your neighbors as a product of this season that we are in. This is not just a great opportunity to meet people. This is not just a great opportunity to, to meet your neighbors and, and find out what they do for a living or, or who they are or what, what, what kind of baked goods they like. Now is a better time than ever for you to be the church. To your neighbors. Jesus' final words to his followers in Acts chapter 1, verse 8 were this: But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria. And the ends of the earth. Listen, we didn't receive the Holy Spirit, the very same Spirit that was upon the waters, that was out on the earth at the moment of creation. You didn't receive the very same Spirit that was in Jesus the moment He woke up from being dead. You didn't receive the very same Spirit that has done all of this and more so that you could just sit back and wait for this crisis to end. This power that is in you is in you because you were called to be the church and to be the church exactly where you are. Jesus says, I'm giving you this power and I don't want you to start out at the ends of the earth. Why don't you start right where you're at in Jerusalem? Jesus gave this command to His disciples while they were all in Jerusalem and He said you don't have to go somewhere far away to spread this message. In fact, when the Holy Spirit comes on them in the moment of Pentecost, do you know how far away they went to go start sharing about Jesus? They walked out the door and they stood on the porch, and that was where they got started. They started with their neighbors, with the people closest to them, and God did a mighty work, and listen to me, He's ready to do a mighty work in your neighborhood as well. He gave you the power that He gave you, the gifting that He gave you, the calling that He gave you, the purpose that He gave you so that you could be a blessing and so that you could be the church right where you are. You do not have to go far. Here's what I know about your neighbors. They are all either home all the time or a whole lot more than normal. They are all worried about the future and they are all searching for hope. And most of them, if not all of them, are desperate for some real answers. Go and meet that need. Build bridges in your neighborhood through good faith, through getting to know people, through baked goods, through campfires, through whatever it is, and use those bridges to bring people closer to Jesus. It's not as hard as you think Just find creative ways to connect with your neighbors. Put a fire pit on the property line. Stand around in the street six feet apart. Have a block social distancing party. Get get some groceries for your neighbors who are elderly or high risk. Bake something for somebody. Ask questions about how they're really doing in this season. Don't be afraid to take the conversation deeper. People are longing for relationships right now. They're more open than ever to going deeper in a conversation. I do not think people are going to think you're weird if you do this. We all think if I ask a real question, people are going to think I'm a weirdo. We should be talking about nothing instead. No, it's okay. Start asking how they're really doing, how they've been, what what this has been like for them, what they've lost, what they're afraid of. Take the conversation deeper. And then invite them here. Invite them to worship with us online, which is easier than inviting them to come to a physical service with you. Invite them to worship with you online, which will make it easier for you to invite them in person when our services kick back off again soon. Be Jesus to the only people you're probably seeing right now because the church is not a building, it's a people. And that means it exists in T.C. Robertson when we gather together and it exists at your home address every single day. And so bring the church to your neighbors. They're hungry for it. Next, be the church to your family. Be the church to your family. There is one group of people who you may have more access to right now than you ever have before. I was talking to a friend just a little while ago and and they told me that right now they have had more time, he and his spouse have had more time together than they have in their entire marriage. Because all through their marriage he's traveled for work, but he's been home for the last eight weeks. And this is unprecedented. They've never been together for this long and it has been both challenging. And incredible maybe you're in that position with your kids maybe you have worked since the kids were born and you you've gone to work every day and you've never had eight whole weeks home with just you and your kids because maybe you're working from home now or you're not working and you're just with them and I, I know that that's been a challenge for me I've never spent this much time with my kids before and there's been times where they've been a disaster and there's been times where I've been a disaster as a parent I get it but listen Don't anxiously await for this quarantine to lift so you can go do ministry. Be Jesus to somebody at church. Don't wait wait for this quarantine to end so that you can be Jesus on the coffee team or or on the setup or teardown team or or think, you know what, the way that I'm Jesus to people is through serving on the dream team and G-Kids or whatever it is your role might be. Or don't think, i got to make sure that I get through this quarantine so that I can start inviting people to church again and that's how I'm Jesus to people. You have people right in your home who need you to be Jesus to them. And so be Jesus to your family. You can serve in your purpose right where you are. God knew this was coming when he created you and when he called you. I love the the words he says to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1 5 when he calls him. He says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God says, I know who you are and I know how I've made you because I am the one who's made you and I've seen every chapter of your life. And this is your calling. You're a prophet. Jeremiah was a prophet in some bad times and he was a prophet in some worse times and he was in a prophet when when, it, when nobody listened to him and he was a prophet when everybody was forced to listen to him and listen to me, he called you to your purpose, knowing you were going to have an extended season to be at home with it. And there is a place for you to use it right there in that place. God has positioned you as a primary source of ministry to your family first and foremost I lament that the church can't meet together right now in this season the way that I'm used to it. But I've also never had a more strategic season to pastor my children. My eldest daughter, Eleanor, and I have had the best conversations over this. We've never talked about Jesus as much as we have over the last eight weeks. I've gotten to see her have these revelations, really begin to understand some of the things of God because of conversations that we've been able to have that I've had time to have with her because I am home with her all the time. Don't waste this season I've never had more time to serve my wife than I do right now. I've never been more strategically positioned to serve her. And I believe that marriage is about serving one another, that it is a serving competition. And now I can do that better than I have Before, If you're on our dream team and and you feel like you know what your purpose is, your God-given calling, your tasking, your purpose, and you know who you are and how you were made and what you were made to do and the ways that God can use you, but it's all in the context of church, the way that we understand it, the way that we know it, the model that we follow it. I wonder how that same exact purpose could be applied to your house and how that same exact purpose could be applied in the context of your family. Maybe you have the gift of hospitality and you sure do miss serving coffee to people and and making them feel at home and being on the greeting table and making people feel wanted and seen and welcome. But I wonder if you've been taking that home and making your family feel wanted and seen and welcome. If you've you've been using that gift of hospitality with the people who are actually destroying your house every day, that could be hard, can't it? But did you know that the purpose you have for Sunday is the same purpose you have on Monday? And that whether or not our church meets in the way we're used to it, you're called to live in that purpose and to use it to serve not only people you don't know, but especially the people who you are intimately relational with every single day. Use your purpose. Find a way. Find a way to make people feel wanted and seen in your house. Find a way to serve people in your home. It's time to serve the people who God has given you in this season. He's given you people to serve in this season. Take some time in your daily prayer and worship and ask God to show you how. He will when you get in there and worship and when you're praying, God, show me how I can live in my purpose right here in this place today. Maybe you're not married and you don't have kids, but you've got a roommate. You are so strategically positioned to bless that person in this season, to be Jesus to that person in that season, to serve that person in this season. I'm just, I I want you to see that the church was never paused, was never canceled. It It didn't go away. It's just shifted model. It's just changed places. It's just as alive and active as it ever was. Last thing is is we've got to be the church to our city. We've got to be the church to our city. There's so many different ways to do this. We, we, as a church, we've been working hard to meet physical needs in our city, to partner with food banks and to partner with families in need and and to come alongside our frontline workers. And we've been doing all those things. And you can do those things alongside of us or on your own. And you can bless our city in that way. But but as a pastor, I think a whole lot more about spiritual needs than I think about physical needs. And there are so many spiritual needs in deep need of being met right now in our city. I don't know how many times I've said this, but listen, the local church is the hope of the world. It was God's plan to bring hope into every heart. Jesus built it, He set it up, and he put it in motion, and for 2,000 years, lives have changed in the context of the local church. The church isn't just a pastor preaching or a singer singing a song. I know it may feel like that now more than ever. Now maybe you got it in your head. Church is a TV show that I turn it on, and I watch church, and church is great, and pastor doesn't need me anymore because I just get to watch him and then turn him off. It's better than ever. I can fast forward it through the boring parts, or I can fast forward it when he's yelling at me, and I I don't like it. This is better than ever. But listen to me, church, is more. It's more than me. It's more than anybody you've seen on this broadcast today. It's, it's more than the people who were working to make... There's a lot of people who you can't see involved with this broadcast. It's more. It's all of us. Every single one of us has a role to play. And we have a role to play that doesn't stop. It doesn't end. It just shifts and it changes. This right here, this just isn't the only thing that the church is. This is me serving in my purpose. This is part of what the church is. But the church isn't a service or a message or a building. It's a people using their purpose to bring hope into a dark world. At the gathering, our heart is to help you discover your purpose so that you could find out exactly what your role is in the local church and in bringing this hope to the world. I love this passage Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12 about the church. He says, There is one body, but it has many parts. But all its parts make up one body. It is the same with Christ. We are all baptized in one Holy Spirit, and so we are formed into one body. It didn't matter whether we were Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, we were all given the same Spirit to drink. This is what I was talking about at the beginning. I keep saying this at the beginning of our messages, that we've all got the same Spirit and we're one body with the same Spirit. I know that we're not together physically right now, but you and I are still a part of the same body. We're still the same body, and the same Spirit is in me is also in you. And so I know it may feel like you're alone and like you're isolated and you're not with your church, but you are with your church because you are the church. We are one body, many, many parts. And that means other things because if the body is not just made up of one part, it has many parts. Verse 15, suppose the foot says, I am not a hand. So I don't belong to the body, but by saying this, it can't stop being a part of the body. And suppose the ear says, I am not an eye, so I don't belong. This is a diva body right here. I am not an eye, so I do not belong to the body. By saying this, it can't stop being a part of the body either. If the whole body were an eye, how could it hear? And if the whole body were an ear, how could it smell? God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. And if all the parts were the same, how could there be a body? But as it is, there are many parts, and there is only one body. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Maybe you think your gifts don't matter in this season. They do. Maybe you think there's no way God can use you in this season. He can. Maybe you think that right now all the body needs is a mouth. That is never true. A body is only a body. When it is united, when it is together, when all of our unique gifts are coming together to be the church, this is how we be the church to our city. We all need each other. And it doesn't change because of our current situation. I know that church has changed. We've rebooted it. Soon we'll reboot it again and it'll all be different again. Everything's going to change again real soon. And then it'll change again soon after that. I don't know when the changes will stop or if they ever will. We want it the way we want it because that's what we knew and that was what was comfortable to us and that's what made sense to us. But listen, God is not interested in just doing the same old things. God says, behold I am doing a new thing. Do you not Do you not perceive it? I make a way in the wilderness and I bring rivers into the desert. God loves to do new things. He's not interested in doing things the old way. He can see new ways that we can't see yet. And so I believe that right now the gospel is moving just as much or more than it ever has before. That God saw this crisis coming. I don't believe he caused it, but I believe he saw it. And I believe that when he saw it coming, he said, I'm gonna do a new thing in this season, and he can still use you to be the church in this city to bring answers into hearts in so much need of them to help people go from searching in Tinder and searching online and, and searching in the bottle to searching in the only place where they will find what they are desperately looking for. They need you to be the church in this season. God's not interested in doing what makes us comfortable. He is doing a new thing, and whatever it is, we are going to be our church to the city through it. He's still gonna use you in your purpose. You just gotta find out how he's going to in this season. God is not gonna waste your purpose in any season. It just shifts. In Genesis, a man named Joseph was called to be a leader, and through his story, he is a leader as a son, and he is a leader as a slave, And he is a leader as a prisoner and he is a leader as a king. It looks wildly different in each moment, but it is the same purpose in different situations. God doesn't cancel his purpose. He just shifts it to the situation he's in. God still has a purpose for you. He still can use you and use your gifts. You just need to stop. It's time to stop just waiting and it's time to get in the game and ask how, how can I do this? We can help you with this. We love to help people discover their purpose. We are working on putting together online growth track. will be coming up soon and you can jump in there and find out how you can be a part of what God is doing right now. We can help you assess your gifts and learn who you are and who you were made to be so you can determine how you can use those right now in this season when we shift and change again. We're going to need you more than ever before. We need you to serve in your purpose. And so if you're here today and, and you've never been engaged or plugged into the gathering church, it's time. It's time to be the church to our city. And so go and fill out one of our online connect cards right now and let us know that you're interested in being a part of this church or being a part of the dream team. And we want to help you discover your purpose not just to serve in one of our areas, but so that you can be the part of the body that you were created to be. And together we can keep being the body of Christ to a city that is in such desperate need of the body of Christ. Church, it's not over. It's not canceled. We have have not lost it. It is not something we are missing that we won't regain. The church cannot fail. The powers of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus is still building His church on the same gospel message that He was on that day on that hillside with His disciples. It persists and it will persist until He comes back. And so we will keep serving Him in it and we will keep doing what we've been made to do. If you're with us here today and you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus, can I tell you there's nothing easier? It's just a decision that you make. He's done all the hard work for you. The good news of Jesus is that he came to make it possible for you to have relationship with your maker. His death on the cross, his resurrection and walking out of the tomb, that was the work. All you have to do is say, I choose to believe in you, to follow you, to pursue you and to live like you. And so if you're ready to make that decision here today, say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for everything you've done for me. God, I thank you for building the church, and I thank you that you would use me. I ask that you would uh, forgive me for every mistake I've made. Forgive me for trying to do it on my own. Forgive me for every sin. I believe in you, and I commit my life to you. I pursue you right now today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, if it's your first time joining us or if you just prayed that prayer and gave your life to Jesus, please let us know. We want to be your family in this season and partner with us. Go fill out a Connect card and let us know you made that decision. and Somebody will connect to you to give you your next steps. And uh, as always, we believe worship, uh, that giving is worship. And, and we invite you to worship with us through giving and to be a part of what is happening in this church. God is still using this church and, and you have been so generous through this season. And uh, we are so grateful for it. And so if you'd like to worship through giving, you can do that in, in all the ways that Robbie mentioned in announcements earlier online through text to give. And, uh, and and do that as well. Well, uh, thank you so much for being with us today. Let me pray for us one more time as we close. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the same yesterday and today and forever, that God, you are gonna build your church and that nothing will ever stop it. No government can stand in your way. No disease can stand in your way. God, we will build your church and you will build it if you will use us, God. And so we are available to you, Father. We come before you and, and we just say, use us however you can, wherever you can, whenever you can. We're yours. We love you. We pursue you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you soon.